going to take a few minutes this morning and talk to you about Christmas. It's one of the times when we come together that we want to talk about Christmas. We want to talk about what Christmas means to us. And if you're, if you've been to more than one church service in your life around Christmas time, you've probably heard something that has similar threads of familiarity to it. Uh, This morning, I want to take a few moments and I just want to say what I think Christmas really means. There's lots of words we can use to describe Christmas. We can talk about Christmas being about peace and about joy, and we can get all that from Scripture. But this morning, I want to say, I want to use a different word this morning that I see in Scripture today. Because today you may be here and you might be associating Christmas with joy and happiness. Some of you associate it with family, with the holiday and the lights, the traditions and the music. Some of you may be here grieving today and we want to be respectful and mindful of that as well. Because for a lot of people, Christmas season is not necessarily a happy time of year for people. They associate it with painful things and difficult things. Maybe you're mourning the loss of a loved one or you have a painful memory that happened around the Christmas season and it's hard to separate the two. However you look at Christmas this morning, I want to encourage you to look at Christmas through this lens today. I want you to look at the lens through, look at Christmas through the lens of hope. Look at the lens of Christmas. Look at Christmas through the lens of hope. I'm sorry. Before we do that, I just want to ask you briefly, what does hope mean to you? If you were going to define hope today, what does hope mean to you? What do you hope for in this world? Maybe, maybe this year you were hoping for a white, white Christmas. I'm disappointed to tell you that it's probably not going to happen here in Pennsylvania, at least this part of Pennsylvania. Maybe you're hoping for that good job or you have a good career in your life. Maybe you hope to get married someday or have children. Maybe you're hoping your marriage stays together. Maybe you're hoping to live a happy and a healthy life. Or maybe you're just hoping that next year is better than this year. Those are all realities and things that people can hope for. But Christmas does mean hope. It just doesn't mean hope in the way that we see hope. What does God say about hope in the Bible? What does scripture say about hope in his word? Well, the hope that we see in scripture is synonymous with a word confidence. When we talk about the hope that we see in scripture, we talk about a confidence. When scripture talks about the word hope, in fact, hope in the New Testament in the NIV version Hope is used 178 times in the New Testament. And it's associated with the phrase or the word confidence. Now, you might ask confidence in what? What are we confidence in? What are we confident in? It means this. It means that we are confident or we have confidence that God's goodness and his mercy can be relied on and his promises cannot fail. That's the confidence that we talk about. When we talk about hope in scripture, we're not talking about an earthly hope. We're not talking about a physical hope, something that we can accomplish in our own strength. We're talking about a confidence that God's goodness and his mercy can be relied on and his promises cannot fail. That foundationally, because God is the one behind it all, we can be assured and we can be confident in him his word, his goodness, his mercy, 
and his promises. Now, we can't always in this world be assured of the goodness of man, right? Sometimes people are good and sometimes they're not so good. We can't always be confident in the mercy of man. Maybe there's things that have happened to us or people that have been merciful to us, but then they're not merciful. Or maybe you've been that way to others. And I'm willing to bet that you've either broken a promise or you've had a promise broken to you. But none of that applies to God. Because the confidence we have defined by biblical hope is that his goodness and his mercy can be trusted, can be relied upon, and his promises can not fail. That's what hope is about. That's what hope is about at Christmas, and that's what I want you to think about this morning. Now, you might, you might look at that and you might think, because, I mean, I grew up in the church, and I've heard this kind of stuff most of my life. Maybe you don't believe it. Maybe it doesn't apply to you in your mind. Here's what I want you to think about this morning. Hope is the solution to the problem we didn't know we had. You see, I can say this till I'm blue in the face this morning, church. It's the confidence that we can have and God's goodness and his mercy and we can rely on his promises. But if we don't know we have the problem, the solution carries no significance for us, right? If we think we're okay, if we think we are doing just fine and we don't need it, who really cares what God did for this world? Does that make sense? It's so important for us to understand that one of the things that this hinges on is whether we recognize the need for a problem to our solution, our solution to our problem. And when we don't understand the problem or we don't think we have a problem, this type of hope eludes us. We don't think about it. Christmas becomes an opportunity for us to get together with family, to share our favorite recipes, to hope to get that gift we hope, to get off from work for a little bit, maybe sing some carols, and then start the whole year over again in a few days. That's not the point. The number one thing I think of when I look at hope is that for me to understand the power that comes from the hope of a loving and a powerful God, I need to be reminded of the fact this morning that that hope that he offers to me and he gives to me and he gives to you, it's a hope to a solution. It's a solution to the problem that you and I didn't even know we had and scripture teaches us about this. So we can be confident in his hope. And I just want to show you three quick things this morning about what that confidence looks like and how through scripture we can understand and see the problem, but then we can also rest in the solution. The first thing we can be confident this morning that we saw in that scripture or in the definition was the confidence in his grace. We can be confident in the grace of God. Romans 5.21 says, So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful, say it with me, grace rules, instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul's very intentional when he writes this passage to the Christian church in Rome and he says, you need to remember before there was Jesus, before there was the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, sin ruled over us all. We were slaves to sin. We were captive in our sin. We were dead in our sin. That's what he's saying. But because of God's wonderful grace and the definition of grace is unmerited favor, grace means that God offers something to us that we were not worthy of. Because of his wonderful grace, it rules. Instead, it gives us right standing with God. Now, I don't know about you, 
But if I could choose anyone in the universe to be in right standing with, it would be God over anybody else. Now, some of you might say, well, what about your spouse? Well, well, that, that matters too, right? But if I have to choose my spouse over God, I'm still going to choose God in that, you know? I mean, look at some of the judgy faces I'm seeing this morning here. You follow what I'm saying? If we could be in right standing with one individual, one part of all creation, Paul says, because of the wonderful grace that's been given to us, we are no longer ruled over by sin. Jesus Christ brings us eternal life so that we can be in right standing with God. We can be confident in the grace that comes through the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? You can be confident in that, that he offers it to you, not because of what you're doing and what you've done, not because you're good enough, but because he's good and he's merciful. Not because we're gracious, it's because he's gracious. Are you confident in his grace this morning? Christmas reminds us to be confident, to have hope and confidence in his grace. The second thing this morning is that we can have confidence in his goodness and his mercy. Remember the definition of hope talked about confidence in the goodness and the mercy of God. Romans 5.8 says, but God showed us how much he loved us by having Christ die for us, even though we were sinful. We need, to be weird. we need to be reminded of that this morning. Remember, the problem that we have is real. And if we don't know we have the problem, how can we even embrace the solution? And what he says in Romans 5.8 is God loved you so much. He loved me so much that he had Christ die for us. That Jesus willingly went to the cross and he died for you and he died for me. Even though we were sinful. Even though we've done plenty of wrong, even though we had no value to the world, even though we were dead in our sins, even though we were absolutely worthless by the world's standards, God saw us, God, uh, he, he drew us, he brought us to himself, he saves us, he restores us, he draws us into relationship with him, and he justifies us so that when he looks at us, he doesn't see sin, he sees the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. We have confidence in his goodness and mercy. If we read more of Romans chapter 5, we would see that Paul said, you know, before this, he goes, you know, people will die for a good person. And maybe you're familiar with stories in this world that really grip your heart about people that laid down their lives for other people. But you don't hear too many stories of people that laid down their lives for horrible, evil people. How many stories do you hear about that? This person gave their life for this person who, you know, they're, they're just a a horrible person in this world and they've done all types of horrible things and they're in prison for the rest of their life and this person lays their life down for that. You don't hear that story very often. You do hear stories of heroism, of people that stood up to the challenge, that gave their life for others and for their country and we, we honor those people because they gave their life for a good cause. Can I tell you this morning? God sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that he could come and give his life for the greatest cause. And it wasn't because you were good enough. It's because he loved you and he loved me. So you can be confident in his goodness and mercy. Well, what does that mean for us today? It means there'll be times in your life as there's times in mine where you think that you just can't get it together. You think that you're a wreck. You think you've messed up too much. You think that how many times do I have to keep repeating the same thing? Surely at some point, God's gonna look at me and go, will you please just go away? Where does that come from? 
That comes from our human nature to say at some point, there's only so many things that we put up with and at some point we're going to kick somebody to the curb because they just don't get their stuff together. But God doesn't do that. In his goodness and his mercy, when we were of zero value, he demonstrated his love for me and his love for you by sending his son to say, there's nothing worse you could do and I'm still going to bring life to your weary, dead soul through the sacrifice of my son. You hear me this morning? He looks for you. In his mercy, if you've been far from God this morning, he still looks for you. If you haven't been connecting with him in a long time, he still calls your name. If you've messed up in ways that you think you could never, ever undo, God is the master of taking broken things and making them beautiful. Are you confident in his goodness and his mercy? Christmas is about being confident in his mercy and his goodness. It doesn't mean you can walk out of this place with your head held high and say, look at me. No, you can walk out of here with a peace and a hope to say, I might think that I'm a mess for some of the things that I've done, but Jesus still loves me. Jesus still wants me to be in relationship with him. Jesus still forgives me. Being confident in his goodness and mercy. And then the last thing today is that we can be confident in his promises. Be confident in his promises. Remember I said earlier, mankind breaks promises. We will break promises. Sometimes we don't mean to and sometimes we just do it. And sometimes we make promises knowing there's a good chance we may not be able to keep them, but we don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Paul writes in Philippians 1, Verse six, I am certain, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He says, I am certain that God, listen, who began the good work within you. Do you know that the work that started in you when you made a decision or you make a decision to follow Jesus Christ isn't the only thing that happens? He begins that work and he makes a commitment as he made a commitment thousands of years ago to make a way so that you could continue to draw closer to him so that you can be confident that as much as you may feel you stumble and you fall and you make mistakes and you struggle with different things, he is still there. He is never going to let you go. Continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You're never too far away from God. I'm never too far away from God. Now that doesn't mean that he pursues everyone who doesn't want him. He creates an invitation for those that want him. But if you're here today and you feel like at some point, maybe today, maybe in your life this year, maybe you look back and you say, I really have not been intentional in my relationship with God, or I'm not really sure this God thing is for me. If you look for God, you will find that he's already been looking for you. If you make a decision to turn your heart, to turn your eyes towards God, what you will find is he has already been looking for you. Don't listen to the lies that tell you, I've done too much. I've gone around this merry-go-round too many times. I've doubted so often. My life is a mess. God, only God knows what I did. He would never accept me. You can be confident in his promises. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not what? Perish, die in our sin, but have eternal life. That is what Christmas is about, my friends. Having confidence in his promises and confident in his goodness and his mercy and to be confident in the grace that comes through Jesus Christ. 
when all of these things come together, we can walk as the writer of Hebrews says, and we can walk when he says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. If you're looking for a way to walk through this life without problems, there's no solution to that. But if you're looking for a way to walk through life, to see the greater purpose beyond this life, to walk with a confidence in this life that will take you for the rest of eternity, that you can walk through the storms and you can experience the peace, that you can walk through the hardships and experience the security that you have in Christ, that you can walk through the condemnation that the world wants to put on you at times or the weariness that that the world wants us to own or the enemy wants us to own, but you can still walk with a confidence to know none of that stuff, though it affects me on the outside, needs to hit me on the inside. The anchor that you're looking for is found in Jesus Christ and him alone. So I ask you this morning, maybe you're here and you're a follower of Jesus. Is your hope anchored in the one who has made your salvation firm and secure? Because he's good, he's merciful, his promises will never fail. And he's full of grace for each of us. Hope today is a confidence. Hope today is an anchor Hope today is an assurance that you and I can have as we celebrate the beauty of Christmas. Hope is the solution to the problem we didn't know we had. And can I say it one more way? Hope actually in a name is Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? Father, I just pray this morning as we continue in this worship service, that we would be reminded of your goodness, of your mercy, God, of your promises that they never fail, that your word shows us over and over again. We can continue to walk in a deeper relationship with you. We can grow closer and you're always willing to draw us back to you, Lord. Even if we feel like we have failed you over and over again, your promises never fail. You are good and you are worthy of our praise. You restore brokenhearted people because you are full of love, mercy, goodness, and grace. So God, may we rest in the confidence that comes from your son and may we experience the hope, not just the emotion, but the person, the hope that comes in the name of Jesus. In your name we pray.